start this episode off <laughs> talking about how much we don't care so for Seinfeld we do not care for Seinfeld don't you know okay I stated this let me just first up okay hi I'm Jenny's a grandma comedian <laughs> I'm Kat Eves and I'm a stylist and this, and this is, is Scotty positive. positive okay so um let's start it off with I rejoined Hinge whoop, whoop. unfortunately I didn't want to but I did we'll get into it with the episode yeah but one of the prompts that I have is I is me saying I think Seinfeld's overrated. Fight me on it. <laughs> is that okay? on your profile? That was on my profile. I love that. Um, and I feel like it really triggers men in their thirties. What if you and I use the exact same profile? Because I feel like I, I wonder. <laughs> Can we try that? <laughs> Let's do okay, it. Okay, I'm gonna make a Tinder profile today and mm-hmm. copy your exact thing <laughs> and try to get photos as close as possible to what you have oh my god i already i already like have diabolical designs (laughs) on this right now (laughs) i'm excited okay so it triggers a lot of men in their 30s um because that is like the patron saint of fuck boy culture is seinfeld yep and i've talked about this i a whole thesis about it that it's the fuck boy is partially from seinfeld um oh wait wait uh, okay, I just want to make sure we get. Can we come back to that? Yes. Okay. The I fuck wanna... boy in Seinfeld. Yes. Yes. Um, and again, these are grand generalizations, mostly mm. used for comedy. Who cares? But so I said on my profile, I had a guy reach out today, who was like, "I think Seinfeld's great. Uh, tell me why." Actually, you know what? Did I delete his thing? Well, okay. Here, I you s- you say. Oh yeah, you have it. Yeah. Um, so this is what I stated is that I think it's overrated because it is a show that doesn't really have like a moral backbone. So so after a while I get bored. I'm not saying I don't like it. Yeah. I'm just saying it's overrated. Yeah. My then- issue with Seinfeld, by the way, is just that it's kind of that. I mean, it's like all of the issues that come up in Seinfeld would be totally solvable if somebody would just like be reasonable. Yeah, it's just that like the whole premise of it is the entire world is not reasonable. No, just these four people are not. Reasonable. Yeah, but then everybody, every issue that they encounter, it, like with someone else, they're not reasonable with them. Yeah, it's like nobody understands. There's Ex- a whole world of not being of exactly. being misunderstood. Yes. So, which is fine, mm-hmm. but eventually, it's you know, it's like one-liners for me. I'm just I'm like I'm, I get them. Yeah, I'm bored. So then he said, "Okay, it's a show about nothing by intention." But within that, the lesson on relationships and general life are replete, <laughs> which back in my had to Google that word. Yeah. And then I was like, the fuck? I had to. I, here's the thing is that I know what replete means, but it didn't make sense to me in the context of what he wrote. And of course it doesn't because it's some fucking 30 year old, uh, <laughs> you know, yoga teacher in Pasadena who's bald, has a mustache, just in case you guys come across him on hand. This is a different, wait, I think you just it's combined a different, some people. It's a different bald mustache guy. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> and then he said, I low key could disagree more. Oh, thank you for letting me know. That you have more opinions. <laughs> and then he goes, you just don't get it. Sad, Sad face. <laughs> like, you pretentious little dipshit. You just don't get it. Oh, are you a comedian, Jenny? I, a comedian who writes comedy. I just don't get it. You a Jewish comedian. I, I know me. I 
Jewish comedian. I just don't get Seinfeld. So I said you were right and then unmatched. Yes. Perfect. You yeah. know what? What I wanted to say was lol, okay, mm-hmm. thumbs up, mm-hmm. which I think also has the same gravitas. Yeah. Oh, I really hope that Lupe's side just got picked up by that because it was perfect. It was kind of good timing. It was really good timing. It was kind of good timing. So, okay. All right. What are you? <laughs> so I said my shit about Seinfeld. I guess our our shit on Seinfeld kind of is the same shit. It is. I, I'm. I just am like. It's so. It would be so frustrating to watch because I'd be like, well, if somebody would just let them explain, yeah, then it would be fine. Now, what's the fuckboy thing? No, you're the. Oh. You're that was your thing. No, but you wanted to pick up back. Pick back. Up I wanted on to it. pick up on it because I wanted to know what you. Why you think fuckboy is something it, it originated i think that the culture of fuckboy aligns very much with a seinfeldian oh, uh, oh. Vibe of kind of a nothing huh. matters mm-hmm. it's about nothing um and like almost like a you know i'm just a just a guy in this world is crazy <laughs> and it's like no you're a, a person with agency yeah but you choose not to because it's easier to just be a fuckboy yeah so that's that's my vibe on oh, the fuckboys and like how Seinfeld probably ushered in an age of a oh, lot shit. of fuckboys. George Costanza is totally a fuckboy. George Costanza is a fuckboy. Oh my god! Do you I think wish if we make t-shirts, we can. Uh... Can we? George Costanza is a fuckboy. <laughs> yeah. I would fucking wear the shit out of that. <laughs> you are blowing my mind right now. I'm like. I'm gonna open a tea public thing mm-hmm. today do it people it's our, our shit's gonna say that's right yeah george costanza is a fuck boy george costanza is a fuck boy yeah jerry kind of a fuck boy he's more of a um okay like if you had the group the group of friends like let's yeah. say because they of the eric came out let's say let's make everyone in their 20s hipsters mm-hmm, okay mm-hmm. so george costanza is the hipster uh-huh. is, is a hipster fuck boy mm-hmm. um Seinfeld would kind of be like the the intellect, but he is also a victim mm. of kind of being like a mm-hmm. fuckboy, but he just analyzes it more. He's like a little bit more of the brooding. A little more brooding fuckboy. Brooding fuckboy. Um, Elaine is every scary like hipster girl that was like kind of mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? And it was yeah. just like kind of had a bad attitude mm-hmm. and like smoked clothes. And you're like, why are you such a shitty attitude? Why are you such a cunt yeah. all the time? And then, um, uh, uh, shit, what's his name? Kramer. Yeah. Uh, Kramer was like the tweaker weird friend that yeah. he had that was like, guys, I just did a line of coke. Right. At the club. I don't know what it was. Yeah. Kramer is the guy who I knew, this is a real person, who asked me out on a date, friend of mine, love, I love him dearly, but who asked me out on a date, but he was like, I was like, well, what would we do on the date? And he said, I don't know, maybe we'd like eat some sandwiches, sit in the park and take a nap. And I just. Wow, what a terrible date. <laughs> I was like, are we homeless? Like, you know, there was, I think I, I hung out. You know what it is? I wanted to. Be f- I wanted to date Kramers mm-hmm. because they were so wild and mm-hmm. free and fun and like weird. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's no. Could you imagine being married to a Kramer? That sounds like a nightmare. It's babysitting. I it's think babysitting. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember being a kid? Okay, this is a uh. Th- that just made that whole park thing made me think of um someone else who would be who's kind of a Kramer but like worse. Yeah. Remember Puck from Real World? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We talked about him on the spring break episode, but yeah. Puck would be, Puck, Puck's a fuckboy, yes? Definitely. Yeah. 
Definitely. I think so. The bigger breeze. Except that, like, isn't, but aren't fuckboys supposed to also be, like, nice? Like, they're supposed to be nice to you for a minute. Fuckboys are nice. They're nice to you. Mm-hmm. And, but the one thing I will say about a fuckboy, if you were, if you were the right kind of fuckboy, because there are fuckboys who didn't do this, fuckboys normally told you that they were fuckboys. Yeah. 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 It's kind of true. Yeah. They kind of were like, I'm a fuckboy. And yeah. then you were like, I can change him. <laughs> But he loves me. <laughs> he loves me. But he just wants to be friends. He's just a free spirit. He just wants to be friends, but he also wants to cuddle all the time. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> getting too We're real. We're just friends that cuddle. We're just friends Ugh. that cuddle. <laughs> I love friends with benefits, but it needs to actually be friends with benefits. I agree. That's- I agree. I kind of. Okay. I think I have a friend in my life who, who is a. A de- definite friend of benefits. Yeah. We all know who he is. Do we? Yeah. Oh, I'm just kidding. I do. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> friend, of <laughs> friend of the show. Friend of the show. God damn it. But it's a genuine. That's a gen- That's like the most genuine. I think him and I have the, one of the most genuine friends with benefits. Yeah. Things yeah. That, I, that I've ever had. That's a pretty good situation. It's a good sitch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like a, I like a friend. I think a Brent. Here's the thing. I think that. I think that out there in the world, there's perception that men are more into the friends with benefits things than women are. Mm-hmm. I do not subscribe to that. Yeah. No, I think that like, I think there's lots of women who would be totally down with being friends with benefits as long as the man can like kind of keep it in his pants. And by keep it in his pants, I really mean like keep your fucking feelings to yourself. you know what I mean like I think that's the thing is I think that more often than not friends with benefits shit gets messy when people are like you know I have feelings but I don't I want to I want to cosplay having feelings yeah oh cosplaying girlfriend boyfriend is fun Let's role play having it's feelings sad, for each but other. It's fun. Oh, God. Oh, man. What a stomach ache that. that shit is. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, we've all cosplayed in our day. Speaking of cosplay, I did go to the Ren Fair. Oh, my God. Okay. Did you eat a big turkey leg? Yes, I did. We waited in line for an hour to get oh, a turkey my leg. Oh, God. It was Pirate Week. Um, I wrote a joke that I feel good about that is. Um, uh, the Renaissance Fair is the last, the last uh, safe space for white people. <laughs> it's where we go to charge our white batteries <laughs> and then take on the rest of the year. Oh my God, it's kind of true. I don't know. I it think there's, is. I think there's kind of a lot of safe spaces still left for white people, but I think that I that mean that's as it's <laughs> kind of the ultimate, yeah. ultimate. Yeah. whiteness oh my God. of a Ren fair. It's really true. Um, Any kind of reenactment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so having been in that world and like at least like watched it and known people, mm-hmm. sometimes it can get real dicey. Do you, have you ever worked at a Ren fair? Yeah. No way. For two years. What I did you do? Fair. I was an actress there. So I actually oh. like did the, the, was a character running around and I was a, an artist and I would, I would draw people very badly. <laughs> And that was like my thing. And That's so it was great. fun. I would get tipped and you weren't allowed to take tips. Oh. But do you know what they paid us? What? Two dollars an hour. Oh no. Are you kidding? Yeah. It was How could they do that? <laughs> shit slave labor. Oh shit. Because we were all contractors. Oh no, but even still. No. Oh my God. That was the thing is like they wow. knew how to take advantage of the people who mm-hmm. just wanted to do this. Just for fun. And would have done it for free. Yeah. I would get up at six AM. 
drive, get ready at the fair, mm-hmm. and then I would have to be ready by eight when the oh. doors open. Wow. That reminds me of working at the haunted house. Yeah. I loved working at that haunted house, and Ugh. I honestly probably would have done it for free. See? They know how to take advantage of us yeah. artists. But, you know, I will say, I'm curious about the people you worked with at the Ren Fair. Like, if you have memories of that. I have very distinct memories of the people I worked with at the haunted house. Like, oh my God. This is next week's episode. We got to talk about this next week. That's okay. our episode. All right. Because I, I have yeah. so much to talk about a Ren Ooh. Fair. Ooh. So much to talk about a Ren I'm Fair. I'm so excited. Get and I want to hear about what it's like to work at a haunted house. You know what? Um, it, Painful. <laughs> injurious <laughs> but so fucking fun uh, i love i love people getting weird together an adrenaline thrill ride yeah mm. oh, i love it so you went to the ren fair went to the ren fair i had a really bad week oh. can i just say that yeah i had a really rough week i'm yeah um i got my purse yeah. stolen fuck um off a delta flight mm-hmm. and that had everything in it Including my joke book. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. And cash. I had just in a drug deal. So <laughs> cash on me. So that sucked. Uh, fuck you, Delta. Um, I'm a platinum person. So that sucked. Um, I've been going through a really, really rough breakup. Um, and it's just kind of now just meddled out, me- mm-hmm. mellowed out a little bit. Mm-hmm. I did do ketamine on Friday, so that probably helped a lot. And that helped, yeah. It actually did. It really did. I would love to know what that experience is like. Do you want? I want. Do I want some right now? Not now. No. No. I'm I'm busy at this moment. We'll figure it out. Podcast. We'll figure but, it out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll call up my sister. Uh, yes. So- <laughs> I'm a little nervous about about any drugs that come from your sister, but like, can I say I told you what happened about how my sister saw the panic attack post that I put up last week? No, she saw that I was having a panic attack. The post I did a post that was like, uh, you know, I was basically screaming in my car, almost throwing up, having a panic attack because I had all this shit do plus the breakup. And my sister, instead of calling me to be like, are you okay?" signed me up for a ketamine study. Oh, wow. Like behind my back. Wow. So that's how you did it. No, no, that's she not just brought it. She's brought it to you, she just but she signed it. you up for. But the she signed study me up too. for one, and I was like, "Why don't you just call me?" I mean, do you get paid for the study? No, it's six hundred and seventy-five dollars. Oh, you pay for it? Yeah. No, no, <laughs> not that's not how a study works. That's just a clinical thing. Yeah. You're just going to get yeah. So that happened. Um, I had a lot of really bad shit happen with my house. Mm. Um, which sucked. So it was just like a really awful yeah. week. And it's one of those things where like, this always happens, okay? Because I was listening and we're going to talk about manifestation and letting go stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So this always happens. And I, I was listening to Louise Hay. Do you know Louise Hay? Yep, of Hay House. Hay, ha- Hay House, baby. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's before Hype House. <laughs> there was Hay House. <laughs> and she did talk about how like when you start doing the work and the manifesting and the positive enforcement of like of abundance, mm-hmm. there will be a huge backlash hmm. of things not going, not getting well. Because it's as it happened oh. to you, where you're like, yeah. I'm gonna start getting healthy, uh-huh. and you get sick. Yeah, I'm gonna like start like I'm manifesting money abundance. That was me last Something. week. Well, exactly, because I got sick last week, and I mm-hmm. was I was down. I was yeah. like, and you know, it's horrible. You get like texts from or emails both from like clients who are like where are you at with this and this and i'm just like i literally cannot i yeah. can't i just yeah and then you're just like oh i can't do it everything's overwhelming and yeah i want to crawl in a little cave yeah so 
But Louise, so Louise Hay put it in a very good way. She's like, if you told a kid, you let this kid like kind of live its life however, right? Mm -hmm. Like that was, that was your thing before. And then one day you're like, we're going to start manifesting abundance. You have to go to bed at 8 p.m. That kid is going to backlash and be a little crazy Mm -hmm. before it finally goes in because that's the way it's always been that does make sense so like yeah if I, if you like tell a kid who's never had a bedtime that now they need to go to bed at 8 p.m like they're like yeah go fuck off i'm gonna yeah. go eat some ice cream yeah like if right. you tell yourself that you're worthy of love you're gonna be like that's the fucking yeah bullshit yeah who told you that shit yeah, yeah. exactly mm-hmm. so so it feels like hopefully that backlash is over <laughs> Well, so wait, what, how do you get over that? How do you scale that? How do you get the kid who's never had a bedtime to go to bed at 8 p.m.? Um, affirmations are great. Okay. Right? So you do, you're doing your affirmations. Um, even So I was listening to Louise Hay's book, You Can Heal Yourself. Okay. Which is a great book. It's actually, you can get the whole audiobook on Spotify. Oh. But then she starts to go at the end into crazy body stuff that like... Um, you know, like uh, something about like if you if you're stressed out at work, you should masturbate, which is like fine, but it's just like weird stuff. Like <laughs> yeah. migraines yeah. are actually because um, you think too much. <laughs> like, I mean, there's too many people who would uh, be like, I don't know, Louise Hay told me it was okay if I masturbate at work. <laughs> like, listen, it's for my health. I mean, yeah, I've masturbated at work. Have you? Yeah. Wait, what work? Though? What job? I mean, technically, you know, when I'm on the road, when you're at work. home. <laughs> hey. hey. When you're at home. But yeah. not like. Not in the green room. I'm yeah. Not I'm like, Jenny, what are you telling room? me right now? Don't tell me this. I did <laughs> masturbate in a uh, Moscow um, airport. You did? In the lounge. Yes. Wow. I was t- not in the lounge. I, was, <laughs> I, was like, wow. I, w- I took a shower okay. at the airport lounge. Uh-huh. And then I was like, you know what? Now when am I going to masturbate inside at the Moscow airport? <laughs> so I did it. I'm proud of you. No regrets. No. I'm why there's a war. No regrets. It's you. It's me. You little Ukrainian minx. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Okay. So, okay. So affirmations are helpful. Affirmations are really helpful. It's just like, you know, sticking in and like keep keeping it going and mm-hmm. I think that's really the the thing that's hard is like the consistency of it when you don't feel that you're seeing any results. Mm-hmm. Right? Is like when you do manifest the money and then you've lost $3,000. Oh, yeah, right, right. Of course. You're like, "Wait a second. I was just on a fucking what the fuck?" Yeah, yeah. you're like, mm-hmm. I, "But I was I was doing the abundance yeah. thing." So you just got to yeah. keep doing it. And then little stuff starts to trickle in, which has been kind of interesting. And it's been good, actually. It's like little things have started to trickle in. So I feel mm-hmm. like I'm coming out of it. Like mm-hmm. offers for gigs and like yeah. things are happening. So that's been good. Um, but really, I've been really trying to to practice letting go and detachment. Okay. Tell me about this. So, well, what do you know about like letting go and detachments? Um... What do I know? I mean, I know it's fucking hard. I know that I feel, at least in my mind, I feel like when it comes to letting go of things, there's going to be like days where you're better at it than others. Like, at Mm -hmm. least that's true for me. Just like there's days where I'm like, fuck that, whatever it is. Like, or, or I will consciously tell myself, like I will have like a dialogue with myself where I'll be like, it's okay. You can let this go or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. You know, but as far as like detachment, I don't know. I think that's a little bit 
That's a trickier one. I feel like I know more about attachment than I do detachment. I think I think that we're all like kind of trained of like if you want something, you have to go after it and mm-hmm. like work really hard and it has to cuz the hustle culture, right? Is like mm-hmm. you have to obsess about it. It has mm-hmm. to be your everything. Yes. Hustle culture NFTs. Yeah. Lupe. <laughs> NFTs. Lupe hated this conversation. She's she already left. she's already done with it. She's wandering. What do you want? Um Please don't go. Please don't touch the what, the recording device, Lupe. Oh God! Um, if you guys can hear Lupe breathing, that's her really going for it. <laughs> oh. She just crawled into my lap. Oh. Um. So so yeah. So we're taught in our in our culture to like if you want something, really go for it and like attach a lot of meaning to it. Mm-hmm. So like I think we always we attach meaning to a lot of things. So like. You know, we attach our self-worth to our job. We mm-hmm. attach, um, you know, whether or not we have enough money to who we are as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, relationships we attach not only to them as a person, but mm-hmm. what they could represent for us. Mm-hmm. Our self-worth is attached mm-hmm. to them. All that shit. Validation. All of Validation. that. Validation. Yeah. yeah. So, so I've been trying to figure out attachments and figure out how to like let go of that stuff. And it always does seem like the minute you do actually let go, it, it does open up mm-hmm. stuff for the other things to come in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. So are you practicing detachment right now? Is that what's happening? So what I've been practicing is, is the act of letting go. And the, I think from a lot of videos I've been watching, um, a lot of, uh, tapes that i've been listening to is that a once you do let go yes it does let in mm-hmm. so much more into mm-hmm. your life right because mm-hmm. you're so attached to the outcome of something or to what it means to you it's you're not able to get mm-hmm. the other stuff mm-hmm. and i think the number one way to really counteract that is it's so stupid <laughs> What, what is self love? That's what oh. it all comes down to. Oh, <laughs> your face, oh. your face, right that now. That answer sucks. Well, there's a lot. Okay, there's a lot more in depth to it, but like, yeah, self love. Okay, so, so let's say, okay, well, I'll just say the example I'm going through of a breakup. Right, you've been through breakups never once, never not once, Mm-mm. never, nope. Oh, wow. <laughs> just kidding. I've been through <laughs> just a hellfire of breakups. Are you kidding? I actually was going to ask you. Okay. Yeah. Because I did not stop crying. Uh, yesterday was the first day I hadn't cried mm. Um, mm-hmm. since uh, March 31st. Okay. It's April doing the math. Okay. Got it. Yeah. April. So it's, it's a good 18 days. Yeah. Um, my eyes hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, that, But that is not the longest I haven't. That's not the longest I've cried. Okay. The longest I've ever cried every day was a month straight. Okay. And it was my last breakup. And it wasn't even when we broke up. It was mm. the fact that I knew that he was fucking other people. Mm. That he had moved on. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. And I cried. Yeah. Every day. Well, I think like my trigger point, and it sounds like that might be a trigger point for you. And you and I have talked about this before. Is like my trigger point is... Anytime I feel like somebody has made me feel discarded, mm-hmm. right? Like, I think that for me is where it hurts the most. Is that what, like, do, is your question about 
you know, like what is it that makes you cry more? Well, or? I think mine is not being picked. Mm. Mine is a I haven't I didn't get picked. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, or it's not even that I didn't get picked. It's like yeah, it's like I didn't get picked, and um, uh, everyone else gets stuff and I don't. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh no, I'm yawning. I'm sorry. It's I'm fine. so with most You're in interesting conversation. I'm real cozy right now. You're really now. cozy right now. I get it. It's also it's like four thirty. It's nice. It's this a is good, like this is nap time. This is nap time. It's a little warm in my room. My Adderall's it. worn off. It's if like you were then. a dude, we'd be fucking right now. We'd <laughs> be doing true. that weird slow. I mean, sweaty, creepy. Fun. If I wasn't on my period, Jenny, I mean, <laughs> you know, I'd consider. I didn't pregnant right now. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm guess I'm wondering like for you like how long what was like the the hardest one to detach from yeah I had a relationship that lasted for a year and I want to say it, it took years to be like fully over it and that doesn't mean that I didn't go on with my life and like date other people and do everything else and I did I totally did but it really did take me a long time to like fully detach and I think that there is some truth to that whole saying of like there are certain people in our lives who we just kind of like always are a little bit of a trigger point in that way. Who yeah. are always like a little right. hold for train. Tender. Oh, excuse me, train. <laughs> and okay, it's still, still going. going. So I, if you guys don't know, I live next to the train. Yeah. All right, and that's why you heard it. All right. All right, there it is. Yeah, I um, I think that that's like a little tender spot. You know, mm-hmm. like those. There are certain people who are just like little little bruises. But I think, uh, you know, it's interesting because there have been people who I was really into. We broke up. I was sad about it, but for like a week. And then I was like, OK, I'm good, you know. Mm-hmm. But so it's like I couldn't explain to you. To me, I think that there's something chemical about the people who I am attracted to where it hurts more. Like yeah. I honestly do. I think that there's this like. Maybe it's like alchemical. I don't know, but I just feel like. Do you think it could be a spiritual <laughs> karmic I, relationship? I would say more. I, I really feel like it's chemical. I really feel like it's like a pheromone thing or some shit, like something unseen. Like it could be spiritual, but no, I <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I, I'm not ready to go to that level. All right. Of a right, commitment well, in my beliefs yet. But the crystals at yeah, the door. Then. The karmic attachment. The karmic attachment. Yeah. I mean, I think it's I, I'm not listen, I'm open to all that shit, but I think like more or less I'm more in I'm more in the mindset of like we know that two people meet okay, I don't know if you know this. Do you know that when people are we are more likely to be attracted to somebody who is genetically different from us? Did you know that? Yes. And we are we will have a stronger attraction or attraction to somebody who is genetically different from us. And if by the way, if you're on birth control, yeah, when you're doing it, you're more likely to be attracted to someone who's more genetically close to you, like a brother oh, or a weird. father. Yeah, how fucked up That's is why that? I am not on any birth control. Yeah. I mean, so there it is, right? Science. Woo, weird. But um <laughs> but I think that like that's so that's the thing is like I think it kind of is like on that level I think of yeah the people who break our hearts the most I'm not saying that there isn't more to it than like how they act and their attachments and everything else but I think it's also like I do think that there's some people who we attach to where there is more going on than just like 
words and feelings. Yes. I I fully agree. There is like yeah. your body's like that's it. That's, that's the one. That's the one and your your also your brain is like that person is loving me how I'm used to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And on like some other levels. But so I think like with like back to kind of like the idea of like letting go and the and the mm-hmm. detaching of that, right, is when you have the self-worth and you love yourself, mm-hmm. that person doesn't leave the empty hole, right? Mm-hmm. Because you don't have mm-hmm. any holes to fill. <laughs> I mean, I have a lot of holes to fill. <laughs> Man, didn't I say something dumb in the last one too? You I think flooded you the basement. Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. I'm 12. I'm over here like, what is it? But it's true. It's like, if you have that self-love, that person, you're not lacking. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, Because that person is gone. Yeah. Or that thing, or that job is gone, right? Mm -hmm. I don't want to just make Mm -hmm. it about people because we attach ourselves and attach our meaning to a lot of different things, Mm -hmm. right? And if you have that self-worth and that self-love, it's not, I mean, it can still hurt. Yes, it still hurts when someone you like doesn't like you back Mm -hmm. or it still hurts when you don't get the job that you want but you know it's like you attach that meaning to it and it's and yeah it's gonna it makes it worse for you in the end you know one of the things I was thinking about you know the show is called gaudy positive we're all about you know celebrating people being their own weird wonderful selves but there is also something to be said for the fact that you know the things that being your own unique authentic self can be a super attractor I also Mm -hmm. imagine that in some ways it could make it a lot harder to find someone like you know maybe you settle less which is a good thing Mm -hmm. but also uh, you know if you are being your weird wonderful unique self is there something else to be said for the like well then there's you know you're you're limiting yourself or you're not limiting, but you're kind of eliminating yeah. a population of people. I don't think so. Because I feel like if you are doing that, right, you're living your wild self mm-hmm. and being your fully authentic self and living in like, because you don't become gaudy positive by just like, I have stuff and this stuff represents me and that's <laughs> it. You know, it's like, right. you're like, I love who I am mm-hmm. and this stuff that I have or or the dress that I'm wearing or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um amplifies Mm -hmm. the love and the feelings I have for myself anyways. And I think that attracts like-minded people. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that like there's a lack of those people. I don't think that there is, I mean, it might feel that way sometimes. Sure. Like when you are coming into, you know, like when you set up boundaries with the family, Mm. when you figure out who you are and the people that don't align with that anymore. And that also, again, is part of that letting go thing of like, when you let go of other people's expectations of you or you let go of trying to please anybody mm-hmm. for your own validation, they might leave and you've let them go. Right. Right. They've, right they're right. gone. But with them leaving, come the people who do. Right. Matter. I was hoping that's what you would say, because I feel like on what if the I one didn't end, say that? I mean, what if you were like, <laughs> yeah, like, it really fucking sucks. Yeah, dude. Being your authentic self is so fucking lonely. <laughs> I mean, it can be, though, right? Like, I think there is probably some truth to that. But I also think that, like, there is so much more to gain from it. I mean, the fact that one is not shrinking themselves down to fit into someone else's box is a really good thing. But also, Mm -hmm. I imagine that it I imagine that it opens up 
more opportunities to connect with people on a more meaningful level. So even if like you don't need it to be like a Disney World population of people who are coming to your door who want to buy tickets to your ride. You know what I mean? I think that like it's I even though I'm an extrovert and and you're a comedian. And so in general, like follower counts and all that shit matters. Like really at the end of the day, when it comes to like actual relationships, fewer is is better. Yeah, it's true. Especially as you get older, it is better. But like so some things that I think people can do to help mm-hmm. with their letting go process. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I think that's I think like when you were saying they were like, it's really hard to let go. Mm-hmm. I think it can be really hard to let go. It's like I feel like it's a roller coaster. Right. Like mm-hmm. getting up there is hard. But kind of once once you get to the top and you let go, mm-hmm. it becomes very easy. Mm-hmm. So. Something that I've like things that I've been learning to like work on letting go is affirmations have been great of I say to myself, mm-hmm. I love myself, mm-hmm. I'm worthy and I'm safe. That's mm-hmm. a big one. You don't say I like myself. What's that? What's that thing? And gosh, darn it. What's people it? like me? People like me. Yeah. Oh. I say I say I'm attractive. Mm hmm. I was talking to my friend Bev. She was like, you need to get into your feminine more. Mm. Um, and the feminine S factor. Well, the feminine is a very, she says, is a very receiving energy. Mm-hmm. I have a problem receiving. Mm. Very good at giving, but I have a problem receiving. Interesting. Yeah. There's a lot of fluidity to femininity too, yeah. which is can be hard if you run and try to like control something, right? Yeah. So, huh. Yeah. So it's time for you to get back into S factor. Back into S factor, baby. Let me tell get you. Into, I mean, you liked it a lot. I love S factor. I really do. I think that like the whole concept of feminine movement and being able to it like let loose in a way that is sensual, like embodying. It's just it's it is a moment where you really do feel like you're dropping down into yourself in a way that it's sort of like meeting yourself for a moment. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm pro S factor. I'm, I'm pro feminine movement and practice. I should look into that. Well, she was saying things like like that, dancing for yourself, mm-hmm. um, uh, getting massages, like things that are like very mm-hmm. sensual, touch oriented. That's mm-hmm. why I, I love like a hot tub. Mm. I love a bath. I might even go to Wee Spa later today. Why aren't we in a hot tub right? Oh God, I want to get a full body scrub Do you go so to Wee Spa bad. Later? Fucking yes. Yeah, we're gonna go to Wee Spa later. Okay. Glad we could talk this out. <laughs> oh, we'll call I have to leave. Which- I have to leave early in the morning, but you know what? Fuck it. Yes. Fuck it. No, we're going to be spot. Full um, body spot. Full so, body scrub. So another thing was like to to let go, especially like of people. And this is very true. Yeah. The minute I started actually like really being able to like let go of this situation, right? Mm-hmm. Who like, bam, Of course. Shows Back. up. Hello. Hi, how are you? Hi, you want to hang out? And it's true that like when you, when you let go, people feel an energy shift. It's true. They really do. Mm-hmm. And I think that like that's why when you're in a new relationship, mm-hmm. your exes come back mm-hmm. and like are like, hey, what's up? Yeah. How's it going? I had a few. I had two exes kind of reach out mm-hmm. um, when I had started this relationship. Um, and so I think that like. That was interesting. But one thing that I did is I really started like uh started to do things for me again, which mm-hmm. is another great way. If you're, when, when you're in the process of letting go mm-hmm. of whatever it is, doing things for you and getting back into claiming 
the things that you like mm-hmm. or who you are and getting into what this guy Aaron said, your frame is a great way to kind of facilitate letting things go mm, because your you're, frame? yeah, you're, you're getting back into your frame of like who you oh, are Oh yeah. because mm-hmm. now you're not focusing that attention. Your energy's not there. It's mm-hmm. almost like you're forcing your energy to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you're able to kind of to let that go back to the navel gazing back to the the what navel gazing. What's navel gazing? Oh, that's like one of the things that pe- it's funny because actually navel gazing is like kind of a good thing. But like it's a it's a good. Uh, did you just kill a bug? I did kill a bug. Nice. Nice. Uh, R.I.P. bug. Yeah. Goodbye, Shouldn't bug. have invaded. You were not in the right place. Yeah. You're in the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> wrong place, right time. And now you're in between Jenny's fingers. Yep. Um, okay, so I think... What the fuck was I saying? I don't even know. <laughs> I got so distracted by that bug. No, I... Uh, okay, wait. There was something else I was going to say, though. Uh, one of the things I've been thinking about, you know, you wanted to talk about detachment today. I've been thinking about the fact that I think part of the practice of detachment, and I don't know if this came up in, in Louise Hay's book, uh, hey house. Hey house. Um, <laughs> sounds funny when you put it that way. I'm going to the hey house later. Yep. Um, is the idea that I think that practicing detachment might be something that you have to do like perpetually. You have to. Yeah. That it's not like something where you're like, I'm gonna practice detachment with this one relationship and then move on. I think there might be something. It seems like there's a lot of crossover in the discussion of like what detachment looks like and and the whole discussion of like scarcity Mm -hmm. and abundance yes right because like it's much easier to practice detachment and letting go and like moving on and making space for yourself if you can operate under the belief that something else can be out there yes someone something that is huge that like you can't let it go unless you have faith that Mm -hmm. the new job is out there Mm -hmm. or that the money is is there right? right Right. You have to have faith in that, that whatever you're letting go is really gone because something better is coming. Yeah. Luce Hayes has a, another great thing I really liked that she said that was she believes that everything, you know, I've been saying it, the world is happening for me, not to me. Mm-hmm. And if you expect that everything that's happening for you is good, then whatever happens, it's always for your benefit mm-hmm. which is again these are really hard things to believe and i think that like uh you know n- people don't talk as m- as much about how the struggle of how hard it is yeah to really believe that stuff i i will say like i have a tough time believing in some of that because like i'm not i actually don't really believe that everything happens for a reason yeah. i believe that like shit happens but that existentialism is real and so if Lupe farts on one side of the bed, there's going to be some effect that we can't even see for how that impacts us on the other side yeah. of the bed. She you just know? moved molecules with her yeah, butt. She did. But, but I also think, though, that even saying shit happens, that's such a that's such a let go detachment hmm. thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there is something to that. Like, it's so funny because I hate it every time my fucking mother says this to me. But anytime I like vent to her about something or say something to her of like, uh, this thing is really hard right now, whatever. She's always like okay well you know this too shall pass and I think it's also like how she says it because I always feel like I'm being blown off but like but she's right you know like and I think being able to practice this too shall pass Mm -hmm. over and over again is survival and I think it's also like it I guess that is a detachment uh 
processing in its own right. Like I'm just sort of accepting. And I guess detachment is also acceptance, isn't it? Like that's that's part of it. Yeah. Is it you've just, you accept that the thing is the way it is and then you, then you can let it go because there is no, you know, it's, you can hold on to, you know, a a friendship that's not working out anymore. Right. And hold on to the way it used to be and all this stuff. Or you say, well, I guess it is the way it is. Mm-hmm. You let it go. A new friend's going to show up. That's yeah. going to be much more fulfilling. Yeah. And then I think, too, is like the with the act of letting go, you realize that the thing that you had wasn't as great as you mm-hmm. thought it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a big thing, right? And it's like sometimes it can be like, well, it was great for what it was, and I'm grateful for that because it taught me things or I did have good moments or whatever it is. Like, I try to look at my relationships that way as like my past relationships, you know, like I had my ex before my husband. I I will often say nothing but wonderful things about him. No, that's not true. I'll say shitty things. <laughs> you know, like it depends on what the context is. But like yeah. I overall, for the most part, I I consciously and like generally have really wonderful feelings about that relationship and that person because I think that ultimately there was a lot that he taught me. I think that there was a lot that I, there was a lot of growth that I had and there were a lot of, there was a lot of growth that came as a result of us breaking up. Yeah. And so I'm grateful for that experience because, you know, like, yeah, it didn't work out, but we had a lot of fun while, when it did work out. And also, um, you know, like I think that, there's a lot of things that like later on, once you're also at that point in your sort of like healing process, you can look back at things and be like, oh, that's where I fucked up, you know? Mm-hmm. And so there's like those other little personal growth moments too that can be there. I don't know. Yeah. Like, so I think that that's like one of the things, but it's really hard to do any of that when you're down in it. Yeah. Feeling all the feelings. I think a big, a big thing for me too is, um, is expectations and, and detachment are kind of, go hand in hand Mm. of like having expectations for something. Mm -hmm. If you have expectations, you can't detach and you're going Mm. to stop any progress from happening. Yeah. Right. I think that has been a huge thing of like part of the process of letting go and detaching is stop having expectations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's not, you're not having expectations like, I expect so-and-so to treat me to be on time yeah. or like, yeah. you know, when I set a date, whatever. And, but the minute, cause then that person will be late all the time. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they will keep fucking your expectations up. Yeah. You have no expectations that they're going to do whatever. Then you can actually now adjust yeah. your life mm-hmm. to how you want it to be. So mm-hmm. you've let go of that expectation of that person. Yeah. And now you can go do your shit. I said that's interesting because I think that there's like the question there's there's the expectation side of things but then there is also the sort of like personal standards thing I would say that I'm not as good at practicing like I tend not to bring expectations to things except that then later that kind of bites me in the ass because it'll be like well I was just sort of like fine with that I I let I sometimes detach from things so much that then it's like the opposite it's like oh I probably shouldn't have done that because that was definitely going to hurt me or well, whatever I think, it is, you know? Well, I think boundaries <laughs> and expectations are two different, are, are different, fair. right? That's so like, fair. 
So like an expectation is like, a, oh, this person is going to be the uh, mother of my children. Oh, okay, right, 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 right. Or like this person uh, is going to um, make me feel a certain way or like this job is going to be the one that's going to make, like, okay, mm-hmm. for example, working in, in the industry, this job is the one that's going to, I'm going to make it. Mm-hmm. I'm really going to make it mm-hmm. from this job, right? Yeah. I'm going to become yeah. famous. And then it doesn't happen. Yeah. I think, yeah, I, I feel like you're making me realize I'm learning something about myself today because I'm, I think I'm a good, I might be not always, but I might be a decent detacher. Like I, yeah. appro- I kind of approach my work that way where I'm like, well, like I want to do a good job. It's important for me to do a good job, but there's also that feeling of like, like I'm working on a project right now where I was like, God, it would be so cool if this got picked up, but if it doesn't get picked up, it was still fun to make it, you know, like yeah. I, I'm just doing it because like I've already let go of the expectation that like it's going to be bigger. But here's my question. Yeah. So since you pay more attention to the whole like manifesting world and stuff, since I tend to be a little bit like more relaxed about like expectations and things. So I have this project I'm working on. Mm-hmm. Um, we're shooting it in June. I'm hoping that then we're going to go and we're going to shop it around. Right. We're going to go and pitch it. Of course, I hope that it gets picked up. Yes. But. I really have operated under this whole thing of like, okay, well, if it happens, it happens. It doesn't. At least I made it and that was fun. But do you, but, but when it comes to manifesting stuff, is that the right attitude? Like, are you more likely to actually, like, I, this is where I don't understand manifesting. Okay. Well, <laughs> this is what, this is as I've been listening to more of this stuff, right? Is that you still need to the manifesting mm-hmm. and, Eventually, that word's going to get so fucking It already boo. is, right? It already is boo. Mm-hmm. But in order to let that stuff come in, mm-hmm. you A, need the base and of the faith that mm-hmm. things that good things are happening mm-hmm. and the good things will happen. Okay. Because that's present that's present tense stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, you're thinking future of, like, we will shop it. We mm-hmm. will do this. Mm-hmm. But presently, if you're like, it's good stuff always happens for me. Mm-hmm. This always happens. Like, you know, I I feel really good about who I am. Mm-hmm. I'm a creative talent. I make great things. Mm-hmm. Then you set up the base that like be, that like, OK, so you want to sell it, but it might not get sold the way you want it to. Yeah. And yeah. the expectation is the way you want it to. Right. But if you have it. the base of like everything I do is a success, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it will follow its own path to getting the thing that you want. Yes. OK. That's how I that's how I view it. And I think that that also goes that kind of ties in again with the letting go, letting Got go it. of the expectation of it. You let go of the control of it. Mm-hmm. You let go. You let go of the energy of it mm-hmm. and you just let it flow its way and know that you can only you can only give a good base mm. to your manifestations to lift off of. Mm. So you just need to be a little salmon swimming upstream. No, that sounds hard. Oh, <laughs> they seem happy though. Yeah, they let's do just, that. Yeah, but let's, let's say that you you're a salmon that knows that I, I uh, I already laid my eggs. My eggs have already been laid, and now you can just go downstream. <laughs> just go downstream and get eaten. Oh wait, that sounds bad. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's bad. It'll be fine. No, no, you know, go do downstream. You want it? No, you want to go downstream. You want to get eaten. You well, just hope you just are like I don't get eaten, and so you just keep going. Oh, okay. Back Great. out to shore. Okay. Do I salmon die at the I end? I got lost. I got lost in this metaphor. I lost salmon it. Salmon make it really hard. I will say salmon, probably they make it really hard for themselves. You they really what? could just breed in the ocean. I don't know why they have to go back. 
Why do you have to go upstream? Yeah, why do you have to go back to where you came from? Is it is it that great of a fucking place? Listen, I mean, if ever there was like a, I don't know, a story, a real story of like love for the hometown, I guess that could be it. <laughs> salmon. I don't know. That salmon's like, I must get upstream. It just feels it. It just yeah. feels the rhythm and feels the rhyme and bobsled time. Yeah. Up that stream. I think, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> I think uh, in conclusion, um, what, truly, you didn't like my cool running No, I didn't reference? like it. Rude. I didn't like it at all. <laughs> the best thing you can really do in your life, it sounds like, and it's, I mean, it's like in so many religions and Buddhism and stuff is it's like detachment or attachments is what brings your suffering. Mm, true. Right? True. Yeah, that's true. Because the thing is that like, but isn't it also in, in, in uh all of the like in buddhism etc it's like suffering is a um i wanted to say suffering is a constant that's not what i mean it's but a, it is but it's uh it's inevitable right yeah like it's just a part of life suffering is a part of life life is suffering contrast so you need contrast you need contrast but yeah how happy would you be if there was no suffering exactly like, I'm going to be so happy when I take three Advil to deal with the cramps I'm having right now. Oh, no. It's going to be great, though. I'm going to appreciate the I shit out of that I actually have some good – I have um, the Advil with acetaminophen in it, too. Ooh. The good shit that uh, Ian, friend of the cast, uh-huh. he takes for his back. All right. They're in my wallet. Loose. Stop no, loose. It should not be th- – oh, you want to give me some loose purse some pills? Loose purse pills. No, thank you. <laughs> They're good. Wait, I don't know where that purse has been. Bitch. What? What? Okay. What could? What do you want to let go of? There's something right now that you could let go of. What would you want to let go? Um, my. I mean, my cramps are definitely at the top of my mind right yeah, now. Are- um, what can I let go of? I would really like to let go of any guilt I have over not uh, achieving or completing uh work to the level of satisfaction that I would have liked because I was going through shit at the time. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. What is? What does that guilt do for you? Uh, it helps me ensure that I never do it again. Has that ever happened? No. <laughs> Probably has, not. I don't know. Has. I don't know. I just. Have you ever guilted yourself into being a better person? Pro- maybe. I don't think so. I don't know. I, you don't think so? <laughs> no. Listen, this is guilt. We're fat people. Oh, all right. Right. Guilt has never worked for us. <laughs> I think guilt is just genetic. I think guilt is just part of my genes, though. Like my Quaker. Right. My Quaker. It was funny because someone was like, oh, that's your Jewish side talking. And I was like, it's also my Quaker side. I get it from every side. And my grandfather, my, his family was Catholic. So yeah, just you know, fucking forget it. You got a lot of guilt. All guilt every time, every way. Yeah. I mean, that's I think. That's like a big step is, yeah, like what is it? Because you wouldn't have the feeling if it didn't serve you for some reason, right? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. And if you can figure that out, then you can kind of let it go. Hmm. Right? Because the guilt is not, guilt isn't doesn't motivate anyone. Guilt and shame don't motivate anyone to do anything. No, you don't think so? I think it does to a certain point, and then eventually you just get, you're, you know, yeah. you get tired. Like if you guilted a kid to clean the room all the time, they would clean it like sloppily and sad and yeah. like whatever, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think uh, I hold on to guilt like it's a family heirloom, but that's fine. I yeah, I guess I could maybe let go of guilt. I could try. I get it. I hold on to relationships because I feel like if I don't hold on, it never mattered. Oh. And I never mattered. Oh, yeah, that's a hard one. But that's that's skin. It's the base of self-love. Mm-hmm. It's like when you have the self-love, you're like, it doesn't matter what happened. Yeah. 
because it because I exist. I don't need. I didn't need to earn existence. Yeah, I think there's this other thing too with like relationships and letting go of things. Is like it's so easy for us to get caught up in our own feelings with it mm-hmm. that we start to we almost lose a sense of reality of like okay but this is something that uh, like it's hard when it's happening to you yeah but it is also something that like everybody has been on both sides of yeah almost everybody maybe there's some losers on there who don't know <laughs> but like everybody knows what it's like to you know for the most part yes. knows what it's like to be on the on the other side where you're like i'm i'm dealing with shit or i'm or or for some reason this just isn't clicking even though i think this person's amazing or yeah. whatever it is you know like we know what that's like. Yeah. And it's not really an indictment of the other person in that moment. But when you're the other person, it feels like it. Yes. Yes, yeah. it does. Yeah. Well, let's see if we can release some of this guilt and have you let go of these. In a full body scrub. In these feelings in this body scrub. Mm. Re- repeat it with me. I, I love myself. Oh, God. I love myself. And I'm worthy. I'm worthy. Okay, you're making this hard. Okay, we do it again. <laughs> All right, I'll do it. All right, I'm gonna do it. I'm putting. It, All right, putting it. Okay, I'm okay. ready. Yeah. Lupe. <laughs> Lupe's Lupe. like none of this shit. Stop it. Relax. I love myself. I love myself. And I am worthy. Lupe, say it. I'm worthy. <laughs> She's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I am worthy, and I, I love worthy. myself. And, and I gosh do, darn it, I do, like wait, wait, I do great work <laughs> and I do great work. Yeah. Okay. I do great work. You do great work. All right. It's hard for me to say these things out loud. I know it is. Uh, <laughs> You're turning red a little bit. I'd like bit. to just start, put my head down and okay. like cry instead. <laughs> All right, go cry. Isn't that more fun? Go cry into a body scrub. Oh, yes. Mm, I'm um, going to get touched. <laughs> we're going to go to Wee Spa, everybody. Uh, you can follow us at the Gaudy Positive Show mm-hmm. on Instagram. We're gonna have a, a store now where that say um, George Costanza's a fuck boy. It's true. Very excited for that. <laughs> um, uh, I'm at Jenny Zagrino on everything. I'm at uh, what's <laughs> no. I'm at Style Ethic on everything. And also, you were on the cover. I was on magazine. the cover. I'm is a cover curvy girl. Fashionista? What is it? The curvy, the curvy fashionista. Yeah. Hell yeah, she's a cover girl. That's right. Gotti positive zone. Hey. Well, thanks guys so much. I hope uh I hope you guys all let go of things that don't serve you anymore. Yeah. Um, and if not, just to like I don't know, wear a cool outfit while you do it. Yeah, wear a cool outfit. Look good. Know that good things are coming to you. Yeah. Most of you deserve it. Some of you don't. <laughs> some of you need to work on yourself. Some of you really don't deserve <laughs> some of the shit you have. Go You're trash. Yourself. Bye. Just kidding, we love you. Bye. Positive. Gaudy. Positive.